The Story of Galano, Episode 2. With all of the excitement in all of one night, we come to the next morning in the home that Galano and his crewmates attempted to scout. Galano is huddled asleep amidst forgotten winter outerwear, out of sight in the corner shelf just above the sliding door of the coat closet, where nobody ever really looks. Uh, morning, Jim. You want any coffee? Sure. Man, my head hurts. You sleep okay? Eh, uh, fitful. Weird dreams. Yeah? Yeah. I dreamt that, like, some big gray silvery bug-eyed balloon kept pushing itself right up next to my face. Uh, the string it was attached to was super heavy. In the dream, I managed to push it off of me and kick the shit out of it. Popped it, and then when I heard it thump on the ground, I woke up. Uh, trippy. Weird. Yeah. Yo, dude. Your nose is bleeding. Ah, second one this morning. Here. Thanks. So dry in the mountains. Gotta keep hydrated. Did you hear socks last night? In the bags? Yeah. That cat can't get enough of playing in those bags. Look at the mess she made, Doug. The bags are all over the floor. I'll clean it up. As the inhabitants of the household enjoy their morning, the Felinian comes bounding up to them wide-eyed. Uh, I haven't fed her yet, have you? Nope. I got it. All right, I got you, Socks. While Doug prepares breakfast for the Felinian and Jim enjoys his coffee, Socks runs over to the coat closet where Galano is currently seemingly sound asleep. Such a simple human name for a complex interstellar Valinian. Due to her tuxedo print with a white chest, midnight black head and body, and singularly snow-white paws, Socks was attempting to get the human's attention. What are you doing over there, my beautiful? What's going on over there? The food is right here. Come over here, you idiot humans! I have never been more serious in my life. There is a gray alien literally asleep in the house where I can't get to. He is right here. Huh. Smells awful. <laughs> What's over here, Socks? Oh, gross. Ugh. Smells like a warm vacuum cleaner and strawberry yogurt. Yo, Jim, the coat closet smells... Strange. I'll clean it out later, after work. Ugh. What? You're leaving? Come on, humans! How else can I get your attention? No worry, kitty cat. I'll be back this evening and we can hang out then. I don't want to hang out. I want to show you an alien named Galano that I trapped here. And then I want to kill it and eat it in front of you. So you can be proud of me. See you later, dude. See ya. Wait, no! Ugh. 
Stupid drummed up fiat currency misdirected wrong sense of worth economic class bullshit work they put themselves through. There are aliens in your house! Fine, I'll show you later. Unbeknownst to Galano, there are others coming for him, but they aren't coming to rescue him. The collectors are coming to collect him. It's in the name. There are experiences, stories, nightmares really that you humans have and have had with you since the dawn of your awakening with these shades of what were once free living, loving, and thinking beings. Grown by the Ahrimans and deliberately abused during the process to activate and utilize the shadow side of their beauty, the Collectors, once known as the Utsukushi, come from a planet of what you will one day know as Ganatochi, orbiting the star at the tip of Scorpio's stinger in the sky. A once lush and verdant planet with waters topped off with carbonation, so much so that all the bodies of water sparkled and fizzed. When it rained, if you were outside, the drops would tickle your nose. Populating the planet were once wonderfully multicolored and iridescent beings, built like silk butterflies, never running or walking but always flitting and floating, sometimes taking gentle flights throughout a warm, sepia-toned sky, with a simple civilization in harmony with their home planet, never knowing war. They had a language so lyrical, it sounded like distant, happy singing in a warm summer breeze, but all the more colorful and kind producing the most magnificent by-the-fireside feeling within you, allowing you to quite literally release the negative energy collected within and have it drift off into space to balance out the universe, leaving you feeling all but enlightened. Long ago, this paradise planet and these people were conquered by the Ahrimans. With the swift, destructive domination of planet Ganatochi, their home was laid waste to. All resources sucked dry and the inhabitants warped, grown and transmuted into shadow versions of their former selves. What were once sparkling seltzer rivers have turned into dark, flat soda syrup streams, and the Utsukushi themselves much worse. The Collectors, as they are now known throughout the universe, are pitch-black, leathery, bat-like creatures, standing at least seven feet tall, with blazing red eyes that strike daggers deep into your suddenly freezing heart. Their former ability had been turned inside out, no longer a lyrical language but more of a constant scream that is trapped within their bodies, roiling and scratching to be released. 
While they were Utsukushi, their sing-song language could lift you up higher than you ever felt possible. The collectors emanate absolute fear, helplessness, and worthlessness. They drain their surroundings of all light and color, drawing them into their ever-darkening wings once outstretched. The wings themselves can span a full football field once outstretched fully and wash anyone within it full of the deepest fear and self-loathing, not naturally generated by any living thinking being on their own. The collectors were coming for Galano. You see, if the Bauths, which follow severely pointed aspirations of ultimate control, and who are responsible for growing Galano, operated under the kind of control a rigid and sexually frustrated middle school Earth Vice principal might execute, measured but definitely warped and driven, the Aramans find themselves on the other, darker side of the same coin of control. They follow the law of chaos. Bringing untamed and untethered strength, power, manipulation, and domination to burn whatever it is they want to the ground, and rule over the ashes, building their version of what once was independent and free of the maddening shackles of the Ahrimans. If the Bauths are a bad vice-principal, the Ahrimans are your very serious and unchanged predator living just down the street. Neither are benevolent, but one is surely darker than the other. Back to Earth and poor Galano, who for the time being, all things considered, is safe. Sox is asleep with her humans under full confidence that this Grey has no idea what to do with himself. While Galano is no ordinary Grey, he is absolutely out of his depth. Galano is also very hungry. Oh, yeah, gotta take care of this. What's basic on this planet? Galano was designed to consume whatever was most available on planet Earth. Dirt, rocks, or any kind of Earth he could get his hands on would do. He didn't need much, but if he didn't eat at all, he, like any living thing on Earth, would die. Duh, they named the planet after it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, Felinian, are you there, Felinian? Galano, if you like, I can check around the house to see if the Felinian is still a threat. If we're safe, I'll lay out a path to go get something to eat. Ha! Sam, you are a lifesaver. Oh, yes, do all the things. You got it. Huh. Wow, I, I, I remember now. I, I was straight up left behind. Huh. This must have been how that one alien felt from that Earth movie I watched. <laughs> wow. Ouch. I never thought that I could. Galano, we're all clear, and I've laid out a path that will lead you out where we parked the ship. There's more than enough earth for you to gobble up there. <laughs> thanks, Sam. Gee, nobody ever thanks the Sam Galano. Thank you. Hey, 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 don't break me now. <laughs> Pow! Oh, don't break. <laughs> I'm all alone here, Sam. 
Aha, I kid, Galano, you'll always have your Sam. Galano, feeling a bit brighter, shakes himself out of his pile of hats and gloves. Shimmy's back down to the floor. Crosses the night-silent living room and opens the French doors to the backyard. This is some good earth. Hey, there's an earth book with that title. You're good, Galano. It's not what my crewmates thought. I was used as a distraction so the others could escape. And they just left me here. I'm as good as pet food, Sam. And, and on top of that, I feel so different. I feel heavy and, and cold. And I can't seem to stop my eyes from fogging up with, I don't know, some kind of fluid. And I, I, I think, I mean, I, mean, I, I think I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling rough. And heavy, and I can't, I can't find a word for it, Sam. This is so, I don't like it. I'm alone, and I've never felt this awful before. I think I, I, I don't think I like, I don't think I like feeling like this one bit. And, Galano, who had skipped his lesson on human emotion, was feeling so desperately sad that he began to cry. While a grey with any sizable amount of emotive expression was very much out of the norm, something far stranger began to happen. Around Galano's position outside, surrounding and encompassing the sky just above him, formed a dark, puffy cloud, where little streaks of lightning flashed, and which thunder clapped ever so softly. And then it began to rain. Be sure to come back next time to find out what happens in the story of Galano.